God, we thank you. God, we thank you for bringing us here today. God, life is worth living because you live and you're alive in us. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to gather this morning as your church is the ecclesia. God, I pray that in each of our hearts and each of our minds, and God, you will work in us in a big way. That our hearts will pound a little faster than normal, that our mind will be racing a little more than normal. God, that we would hear your word, we would hear your spirit, and it would transform our lives. God, we would leave here today saying you live and you're alive and you've given us life. God, thank you for this opportunity. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Church, ecclesia. That's a little unfair uh, to have such phenomenal worship. Uh, and then for me to get up here and speak. It's just, it's just awesome to hear everyone singing praises to God. And, and worship band, thank you guys so much for this. This was incredible. So beautiful. Um, welcome to Ecclesia. Welcome to Church Project. Welcome to Jacob's Well. Uh, we, we are doing things differently. We are, we are moving together and naming it all sorts of names and we're changing everything up, and it's cool to look around and see faces that I, I don't know, and it's cool to know that as the church at large, we are one body all around the world. We just got back from a vacation, and uh, it was a very cool vacation, and, and I, I, see, I saw a lot of people during this vacation, but I remember one guy in particular, I, I, I noticed him, because as I was walking by him, I saw him reading his Bible, and I thought, hey, brother, Right? That's the church. Right now, Arnie is in New York, and he may be done speaking. I'm not, I'm not sure, but that's the church. Mexico, that's the church. Oklahoma, that's the church, just with a different accent, right? <laughs> we are the church. We meet all around the world, and today, and today we have the opportunity to meet together right here in this cafetorium sanctuary, whatever you want to call it, Weston. I'm not sure what this is, but it's awesome. We're excited to be here today. Um, as Church Project, we've been going through the book of Luke. As, as Jacob's well, uh, you've been going through Matthew, is that correct? Matthew. And so we decided, hey, why not we just jump out of all those books, and we're going to land in Acts today. As we look at what the church is, we're going to jump right to the book of Acts. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at the first 12 verses. If you do not have a Bible, there's Bibles in the back left. You can raise your hand and we'll bring you a Bible. Um, If you can't afford $2 to buy a Bible, that's our gift to you. We want you to have it. Um, At Ecclesia, I'll get used to saying that. At Ecclesia, these two weeks, uh, we will always be in this scripture. Scripture is what drives us. This is the truth. And so we, we really want you, we, we implore you, that fancy biblical word, have a Bible in front of you, bring up your U version on your iPhone, we're not going to project the, the scriptures, not that that's bad, we just want you guys as, as the church to have your scripture in front of you. So if you would, open it up to Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Acts is a continuation of Luke, kind of cool to know that, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and we're going to read the first 12 verses and then get into the thrust of what I think God is wanting us as this body gathered together to learn today. So let me read the first 12 verses of Acts 1. 
In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Verse 3. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but... What does yours say? Wait. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which will have which you will have heard me speak about. Verse 5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And I want to end in a strange way. The next two words say, then they. Kind of weird to end right there, isn't it? Then they. Let me pray for our message today. God, I pray that this, this uh, scripture jumps alive in our hearts, that, God, you'll show us some incredibly um, amazing things. I pray uh, that the words that I speak are directly from you. And church, would you pray for me, that God would give me the, the words to say this morning? Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So, so look at the beginning of the church. Look at the beginning of, of what happens here in Acts. If you've read Acts, it's an incredible story. It's the beginning of the church as we know it as the ecclesia. And, and the story up to this point is Jesus has died. He's defeated death. He appears to the apostles multiple times over 40 days. And, and the apostles, I wonder if they're torn. They're, they're thinking, this was our Messiah. Our, our, this was the guy that was supposed to save us. And yet he's died and they're confused, thinking that literally like that day they, they were going to be saved from the oppression of everything around them. And yet Jesus has died and they're confused, saying, was this our Messiah? Was this not? And Jesus keeps repairing to them and, and reassuring them. And he's defeated death, which is incredible. It's one of the things that separates Christianity from every other religion in the world is that Jesus is alive. And we, we sang about that this morning. And so he's appearing and, and what he's saying right here is he's saying, you're Messiah. I, I am that Messiah. I'm no longer in person. I, I am your Messiah though. And he appears and he says for this, he says, wait for my gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to be with you, but I'm going to be with you in so much more than just the physical sense. I'm going to be with you everywhere that you go. I'm going to speak to you continually, and I'm going to impart myself into you. That's pretty incredible. But as a man of that time, thinking, I've walked with Jesus, I've seen him, 
Like, I played rugby with him. I don't know if rugby was invented yet. Some, I, I've done things with Jesus, but now he's saying, I'm going to be with you, but he's not with me. I'm, I'm a little confused. And so this is how the, the apostles, the disciples, hear this as Jesus is, is teaching. So we look down and we get to verse 9. I'm going to skip the, a, lot of, a lot of stuff in here. And, and, I, and I do this on purpose, partly because of this. Um, I, I can only show a couple things of this passage. We could probably look at one verse in the, in, in the Bible and look at it today alone, and God will show me some incredible things, but I am not the final authority on Scripture. Like, I'm encouraging you, church, to go home and to open your Bibles and to read it and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you and to teach you and to guide you. Church, let's open our Bibles and let's, let's get into this. And so as I was praying about what to talk about in this weird circumstance we have right here now called Church Project and and. Jacob's well and our two-week messages that we're doing together. I'm, I'm saying, God, what do you have for us? What can we talk about? And the obvious thing is, yeah, look at the beginning of church because it's kind of might be what's happening with you guys. And, and let's talk about this. And as I was reading through this, I'm like, God, the Holy Spirit. I mean, we, there's a lot that we can talk about the Holy Spirit and God imparting himself to us is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and church, that's so important. I, I, I want to show that, but I also want to move on. And I want to get on to the part of the passage that I just could not get over myself. And as I was flying back yesterday and I was getting into the the meat of the message and getting excited, my computer died. (laughs) And I thought, this is going to be good. And as we were flying home and and, um, I was excited to get here this morning, we we had an announcement over the intercom and it went something like this. (sighs) Sorry guys, bad news. We're diverting your plane to Phoenix. I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> we got a problem. Like, this is not good. I didn't even know if we would be here this morning. I was about to call Weston or, or Jason or anybody and say, hey, you guys have the message. Uh, but today, I'm here, and I'm excited to share what I think God wants for us here. We look in verse 9. <clears throat> verse 8 says, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witness in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Thank you, God. In verse 9, after that, or after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. Put yourself in that scenario. Like Jesus, he's, you've walked with him, you've seen miracles, you've seen him do incredible things, and, and you watched him die on a cross. Yet he's appeared multiple times after these 40 days and he's reassuring you saying, I'm sending your Holy Spirit. And, and this is what this is like right now. Now the apostles are sitting there and he's talking. He's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empower you. It's going to be incredible things. And then he starts going up to heaven and they're just kind of watching him like, you know what it's like? It's like the 16 year old and their mom and dad's throwing the keys to the car and say, here you go. Here it is. And this is Jesus' plan for the church? Hand it over to people that get sunburned, that mess up? Any of you ever mess up? Jesus is throwing the keys to the car saying, here it is. Yeah, I put fuel in the tank. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I've done everything. I've made this so you can't even mess it up, by the way. But I'm, if I'm an apostle, I'm sitting there and I'm going, now what? Now what? 
apostles, I imagine, were wide-eyed. They were pumped up. They were terrified. They were confused. We get to verse 12. I know it's weird, but look at that. Then they... Then they what? You can go ahead and keep on reading. But I want to pause right there. Then they what? Then they what? This is the beginning. This is the ecclesia. Then they what? They woke up the next day and traded in their camels for newer ones. What did they do? They found a a what to do after your Savior exits the world in a massive, awesome way booklet, and they study it. Like, what do they do? Like, what do you do if you're sitting there, and the Messiah, you've watched him. you watched him defeat death, and he's going up, and he throws you the keys of the car. What do you do? Then they. What would you do, church? They didn't know exactly what to do. But they knew that, prom- that Jesus had promised them he's going to send the Holy Spirit to guide them, to direct them. Can we hit pause and just ask a question about our lives here? Does anyone know exactly what you're going to do tomorrow besides Kendall? Anyone? Anyone? I mean, I may have plans. They may be, they may be somewhat, I can, I can tell you somewhat's, somewhat's going to happen, but I, I'm just not that powerful. I have no idea. I may know where I'm going, but how I'm going to get there, I have, I have no idea. Church, then they, then they what? What did they do the next day? And church, then they, us, today, right now, what do you do as Jesus throws you the keys to the car and says, I have implanted my kingdom in you? You have a message of hope. You have a message of love. I've empowered you. I've given you everything that you need for this. And oh yeah, by the way, you're going to mess up. And you're going to mess up multiple, multiple times. But that's okay. I'm here to love you. Will you repent of your ways? Of trying to do life on your own? On your own strength? And will you follow me? Will you take this beautiful message to the ends of the earth about how I first loved you and died for you and you realized that you needed a savior, the gospel message, the beautiful story. And I came alive in you, church. Is Jesus alive in you today? And oh yeah, then I gave you an awesome, awesome responsibility. Go. Go be the church. Be alive, because I'm alive. Then they, then you, then I. I can tell you a little bit about I. Is that proper English? No? Yes. I can tell you a little bit about me, myself, I. In the third grade, I was going to a Nazarene church in Colorado Springs. If you're familiar with Colorado Springs, it's the one with the really tall tell bell tower. Anyone know that one? No, serious? We need to take a field trip. All sorts of bunnies run around down there. It's kind of fun. But I, I remember that place because I was forced to go. And I, I remember because on Sunday night, one Sunday night, the pastor literally scared the hell out of me. Gave one of those messages where it's like, you're going to burn if you don't turn. And, and I'm going home going, I don't want to burn. The beginning of my story, I didn't want to burn up. I've had a 
Christian parents. I have an incredibly strong heritage. My grandpa right here, Grandpa Haven, has been a a pastor and church planner, and he's my mentor. Um, He has led our family. Um, He is a, a family changer for us. Thank you, Grandpa. Everyone, you can call him Grandpa. That's what he's known by. He comes every week. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. It's fun being part of the church with you, following your steps. Uh, I went to Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, just basically because I wanted to get out of Colorado. <laughs> Had a great time in Lynchburg, Virginia, a really great time. I decided to drop out and start a rock and roll band in Miami, Florida. It was Christian, though. Come on. Right, Kale? Rock and roll, Kale. Yeah. <laughs> I was a starving musician, but I loved God. I was married to Lauren 16 years ago. That's a miracle. We've worked in multiple churches. We were missionaries in, in Mexico for a year. We moved to Greeley. All I have is my story. We moved to Greeley to start what was Project Salt at that time. What a crazy name for a church. That was, that was a bad idea. Now it's Church Project, but hey, you guys had a bad idea as well. Like, what was it, the first one? Church at Dayspring, you know, Jacob's Well, and whatever. We'll just go with it. That's why these two weeks is Ecclesia. All I have is my story. All you have is your story. We are the church. We are the Ecclesia. And it's beautiful. One of my favorite books to read is called uh, uh, Starfish and the Spider. Anyone ever read it? It's just a leadership book. Here's the premise of the book, church. This is a beautiful picture of what I think the church is. If you were to take a spider and cut off one of its legs, what happens to the spider? You can say that. It's dead. Take a starfish and you cut off one of these things. I don't know what these are. What happens? It grows another one. How do you kill one of these? Like church, how do you kill something that is so worldwide that I can come across someone on vacation and he's reading his Bible. You can't. You can't kill this church. You may be able to turn up the heat and shut down the electricity. Yippity yay for this building, okay? We are the church. He's thrown us the keys and he says, I love you, church. It's beautiful. So all I have is my story. All you have is your story. I could go in multiple directions with this message, but I want to take, it, take us to a few verses. Hebrews 10, 16, 17. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Where there is forgiveness of these, and these referring to the lawless deeds that this whole chapter was talking about, there is no longer any offering for sin. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Beginning of the story is this. Aaron Haven's proud. Got it figured out. It wasn't until I realized that following Christ wasn't just a ticket to avoid burning in hell. (laughs) Okay, following Christ was realizing that I was a proud, proud, and continue to be a proud, proud man that messes up all the time. And a repentance of heart, saying, God, I don't want to live my way, but I want to follow your way. Jesus says, when you repent of your sin and you turn from that and you follow me, I will remember your sins no more. Amen. Right, church? Amen. This beautiful thing called grace, God gives us this grace. He says, your sins, gone. My story. Their mess-ups, their hang-ups, their hiccups, 
We all fumble through life. Sometimes we just uh, don't get it right. But the good news of the gospel is Jesus is there saying, I've got it. I've got it. Anyone here ever mess up? I mean, I, I don't really much very often, except that one time at Kmart, I stole gum from the baseball cards when I was a little kid. I think that was about the only time I've ever messed up. But I got busted by the cop, and he scared me and all that stuff. Another story, another time. But it, it's only gotten worse since then. I mean, stealing gum from Kmart was just the beginning of my mess-ups. And I'm sure we've all had many, many mess-ups. But luckily, my identity is found in who I am and not what I do. Can I repeat this? Luckily, my identity is found in who I am and not what I do. Jesus came and lived a perfect life, so my sin would not be the end of me. Right? Sin. We've all sinned. We've all done wrong. We've gone, gone against the way of Jesus Christ and his word and his teaching. And if, and if that was it, that would be the end of me. The end of you and I. We're done. Kaput. But yet Jesus comes and says, I love you. I've defeated death. So that sin, that thing that should kill you, you've defeated it. Jesus came and lived a perfect life so my sin would not be the end of me. And he's offering forgiveness to me. Let's continue on my story. My story goes to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anyone is in Christ. The new creation has come. The old has gone. And the new is here. I say, thank God that, that he came into my life and that he has rescued me. That I am no longer the Aaron Havens that's bound by sin and walking the way of, of pride and arrogance. I mean, I'm still good looking and all that stuff. But I've got the forgiveness of God in my life. I am a new creation. Like when the world around us is crumbling. And at times it seems like it's crumbling, doesn't it? We can smile because there's a hope that Jesus has put in us. We have a message for a world at large that needs love. In Greeley, in New York, worldwide, this message. <laughs> so church, I have a challenge. It's stop acting the part and start living it. It's okay when we fail, because we will. And if you're, if you're right now beating yourself up saying, man, this sounds like a a huge message of sharing the love gospel to the world at large. I, but you don't know what I've done, Aaron. Like, I, I've done super bad things, over-the-top bad things. Here's your challenge. Read the book of James, and then let's talk tomorrow, okay? Because this love message of God is for each and every one of us, regardless of how dirty or clean or nice or mean we are. My story continues to Hebrews thirteen five. I will never leave you or forsake you. Have you ever had friends leave you, family leave you, loved ones leave you, forsake you? Has anyone ever forsaken you? Jesus says, I am here with an eternal, unconditional love. So back to our, our passage in Acts. Then they. Wow, the beginning. Then they live perfect lives. No, no. Then they memorized the, the whole Torah. Well, some of them maybe, but I haven't. Then they 
Then they, what, what did they do? They had awesome moments. They had, they had terrible moments. Then they, and this is us, this is our story, church, then they, and I want to ask you this, then they, then you, then I, what are we going to do? And are we finding our identity in who Jesus is and what he's already done for us so we can show the world around us how much he loves them? Jesus is saying, run, do life, love, live, then they, live your story, live what God has asked you to do. I'm looking over here at James, who's nodding his head, and Allie, and I'm smiling a whole lot, because if you know James and Allie, they just came back from Bangladesh and living over there for six months, and I can't wait to go have coffee with them, because I want to know what God has done with them and through them, and sorry. <laughs> live your story, church. Let's be the ecclesia. And when you mess up, you will. It's all good. God says, I don't, I don't remember that. We are new creations. Be confident in that and who you are. And who you are in Christ, Jesus will never leave you. This gigantic body known as the ecclesia begins with the singular one, you, person. And here's the personal question for each and every one of you in this room. Do you know the love of this redeeming king? Or are you just proud enough to walk life on your own? If you think you can do life on your own, it's not going to turn out so well. Trust me. I mean, you can learn the hard way if you want. But I ask you, church, do you know the love of this redeeming king called Jesus? What he's done on our behalf. And then he's thrown us the keys to an awesome car filled with all the fuel, and says, go. Go be the church. Go to Bangladesh. Go wherever. Stay in Greeley. Stay in Greeley, please. Greeley needs the love of God. Serious, man. God's called us here. Let's stand up and rally this gospel love message for Greeley. Like, this is us. This is Greeley unexpected, right? Like, come on. The love of God right here. Look around. Go ahead. It's okay. Look around. This is the ecclesia. This is the church. Forget about the cheesy names we call it. This is God. So a question for you. Has Satan beaten us up? Some of us, he's beaten us up. Even right now, we're believing the lies of Satan. We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We'll never move to Bangladesh. Okay, that's great. It takes all of us being who we are in Christ. So be that. I want to end today with this very sporadic message by explaining some things. Because sometimes we forget the elementary parts of this. Here's the elementary part of this gospel message. Who I am in Christ. Have you thought about this lately? who I am in Christ. For those of us that we've called on the name of Jesus, we've surrendered control of our life to Jesus Christ, these are beautiful promises in Scripture that explains who we are in Him. Who am I in Christ? I am forgiven. All of my sins are washed away in the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7. Write that down. You may need to think on that and meditate on that this week. Ephesians 1, 7. 
Romans 8, 2, I am free from the law of sin and death. Amen. Romans 8, 2. Here's some quiet time material for you, by the way. 2 Corinthians 5, 20, I am an ambassador for Christ. Look up the word ambassador. Just get lost in the definition of ambassador. It'll, it'll puzzle you. It's mind-blowing what this verse means. 2 Corinthians 5, 20. I am greatly loved, and for some of us, that's the only message we need to hear today. I am greatly loved because the world and Satan is beating us up, saying you're not capable, you're not loved, you're not whatever, whatever, whatever. Lies from Satan. So here's some verses on I am greatly loved. By the way, I have so many of these because I needed a few this week. Romans. Romans 1, 7. Ephesians 2, 4. Colossians 3, 12. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4. can't see okay who am i in christ second timothy 1 7 for god has not given me a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind some of us we walk around timid i'm an ambassador for christ no galatians 2 or i'm sorry second timothy 1 7 here's another one galatians 2 20 It is not I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. We live for Christ, for the glory of his name. Beautiful. I like this one, and I I put a bunch of exclamation marks on this one, so you can if you would like. Ephesians 2.5, I am alive with Christ. Done. I think the, the worship band chose an incredibly awesome song. Jesus lives. Thank you. Thank you. We can find our identity in who he is. Church, I am the ecclesia. Church, you are the ecclesia. Church, let's be the ecclesia of Greeley. Amen. I'm going to ask our team to come up. I'm going to pray for us. This is the time that um, I pray the most for this time of, of our gathering on Sunday mornings. Because I just went through a lot of words. Some of them, they may have actually landed in your heart and in your mind, and thank God the Holy Spirit was prodding you in that. Um, But I believe in this moment right now, Jesus and the Holy Spirit can show you some incredible things about who he is and some very impersonal things about who you are in him if we allow him to do so. We can be thinking about other things, the World Cup, whatever it may be, Today, in this place, nothing matters except the love of Jesus Christ. So I ask us to do something. If you're comfortable with it, then please join us. Um, And and what I ask us to do is is simply we'll close our eyes and we'll hold our hands out in front of us, just palms up. And let me explain why. This is a physiological posture of surrender and humbleness. Try this this week. You get in an argument with somebody. Don't stand like this. They'll think you're weird. <laughs> but just try this. Just try turning your hands up, open a little bit like this. You'll respond a lot different. Calms you down. Puts you in a submissive state versus or or. 
church, we're the ecclesia. He loves us. We surrender to him. Let's humble ourselves before him. And so if you would, just close your eyes and put your hands in front of you. Just say, God, I surrender to you in this place today. God, would you speak to me personally? Search my heart. Show me who you are. Show me who I am in you. Church, just spend a couple moments in silence, you and God in this place. God, in this place, would you just ignite a passion in us to be the ecclesia, to be loved by you, to march together in unison for your mission of love and hope. God, we surrender our lives to you. Do what you will. Just where you're sitting right now, say, God, do what you will with my life whatever it may be. Some of you right now, though, you're, you're feeling just a little, a little dead. You're just not alive, like there's something that's, that's just missing. Well, picture putting that in your hands and actually giving it to God. Say, God, here it is. I can't hold this. I can't handle this. It may be a sin, it may be an addiction, it may be something. Give that back to him and say, God, here's my life. Please fill me. Today, I need you. I surrender control of my life to you. And I think it'd be a great shame if we're gathering together, talking about the love of God, not to even offer you the opportunity right now just to say, God, here's my life. I am so sorry for living life on my own. And God, I surrender control of my life to you, to be loved by you to be used, however, by you. Give him the deep pains. Ask him the big questions. But church, just thank him for the love that he's given you. Then they. Then they what, church? Then you and I what? We loved God and we were loved by God. Isn't that beautiful? I want to ask us right now if we would just stand in this place. We'll go into a time of of continued worship. We can worship God in a multiple of ways. Some of us, we're just going to stand here or maybe sit here or lay on the floor, whatever it may be. And just because we're in awe of who God is, we just continue to worship Him. Some of us, God is really prodding on our heart. And we're like, man, I... I want to talk to somebody. We'll have some men up here in the front that would love to pray with you and explain the love of God to you, to pray with whatever you're going through. Some of you, you're like, I I just want prayer, but I don't want interaction today. Well, if that's you, we have cards over on your left, back by the offering. Go write that prayer request. Say, I want to talk to somebody. I, I need help, whatever it may be. Write that and put that in the offering. And yes, offering is a way to worship God too. He says, I've given you everything. 
Will you give me back what I've even asked? Like church, we are a church moving together in love with God. Let's continue to worship him in this place. I'm going to ask us just technically what that may look like. Worship God right now and here. We're going to go through a couple songs. If you have a kid in the Project Kids area, I would say this. Worship one song in here, and then the next song, send a parent quickly to go get a kid and bring them back in here to worship together as a family. That's beautiful. So church, if you need prayer, we're up front, offering in the back, tables right here. This is the time to worship God in this place. Church, isn't it beautiful, this love of God? Amen.